We have several we need to pray for this morning. I want to bring your attention, first of all, if you would please, to those. I got uh, my neighbor over the lake. He came to me just uh, yesterday. We was over there for a few minutes, or the day before yesterday. Jan Fortnier, F-O-U-R-N-I-E-R. That's our neighbor's mother, and he said she's just in critical condition. So please put that on your prayer sheet. And then I got Leona Jones's funeral service. She passed away. I got it Tuesday. Memorial service will be um, Friday. So don't forget those. And then uh, Brother Pitts, he's not doing good at all. He's having a very hard time. And so we need to pray for him. He's uh, I wanted to go see him, but they told me don't come because they got him in isolated and they have to wear shields and, and gowns and everything else even to go in there. But uh, remember Brother Pitt, but Mrs. Pitt needs our prayers also. And so I remember her. She's very sick. She's got the COVID. Ronnie Booth Sr., uh, he went to a family reunion in uh, West Virginia and him and Mrs. Pitt uh, Booth, Priscilla's got the COVID, and now 20 of the other families got it. So there's over 20 of them got it from that one family reunion, and they're up in age, and they're not. Some of them are not doing good, but we need to remember them, please. Uh, and um, Ronnie, uh, if you would please, don't forget him. Uh, he's. They moved him to another room now out of ICU, out of the cardiac care unit. They moved him out of another one. They are working with his kidneys, and they're clearing up. He was bleeding through his kidney and having blood clots. The blood clots now have stopped, they said. But they're still running a lot of water through him. And so be much in prayer because he's in a lot of pain. And so, please, don't forget Ron. I have, in the last few days, uh, talking to people about funeral, uh, getting ready for funerals and everything, uh, I've had people to ask me, especially one man, as he was preparing to die, really, as I was there with him, he said, Preacher, tell me what heaven's going to be like. What's what's it going to be? Uh, what does the Bible say? Now, we hear all kind of things about heaven that people say, but he said, I want to know what the Bible says about heaven. And and uh, one thing I want to, that uh, was peculiar to me when I started studying about it, that there's twice as much said in the Bible about hell as there is about heaven. And uh, I think the reason for that is that God don't want anybody to go there. Amen. But uh, at the same time, heaven is a is some kind of place when you begin to study. And so I I, <clears throat> I went back and I began to study where I could explain it to him the best I could from the Word of God. And so this morning, I would like to share some things with you. If you'll turn over to, I'd like to begin to read in Revelation 21. In Revelation 21. And I'd just like to read a while now and, and listen to the Word of God, and He'll try. God de- describes what it's going to be like. And beginning in verse 1, 
I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven say, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that set upon us, by the way, the reason for that verse 4, no more pain, no more death, so on, because sin bringeth forth these things, according to the Scripture. So there'll be no more sin, so there'll be no more pain or death. Verse 9, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters, and all liars allow their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. In other words, verse 8, all that's contained in verse 8 is not going to be in heaven. Now, verse 9, And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, and I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away into the Spirit, into a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, the holy city, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal, and had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and the gates were twelve angels, and names written thereon, which are the names of twelve tribes of children of Israel. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the name of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gate thereof, and the walls thereof. And the city lies four square. And the length is large as the breadth, and he measured the city with the reed twelve thousand furlongs. The length and the breadth of the height of it are equal. And he measured the wall thereof a hundred and forty and four cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of the angel. And the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city of pure gold, like in the clear glass. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was from jasper, the second sapphire, the third caldamon, the fourth an emerald, the fifth a sardox, the sixth a sardis, the seventh a crystalline, the eighth a beryl, the ninth a topaz, the tenth a christophus, 
the eleventh, the Jesseth, the twelfth, an amorist. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was a one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, as it were, transparent glass. And I saw no temple therein. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of the God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth uh, do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut all at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall in no wise enter it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb book of life. And now chapter 2, verse 1. And he showed me a pure river of water, a light, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded their fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads, and there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light in the other sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, we look forward to that great day that we shall behold this great city that you called heaven, dear God, with our own eyes. We see through a glass darkly now. We don't understand everything now, but one day we will face to face. We look forward to that great day. But in the meantime, Help us to rejoice in the fact that we do have a place to go to when we leave this life. You already prepared it for us. Bless us, we pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to go through some things with you very quickly if I can just to show you some things. Heaven is the eternity, eternal city of joy. Number one. Number two, the eternal place of fellowship. Heaven is the eternal place of eternal people. Now, so many people have asked me, Preacher, what is heaven like? There are at least three questions I'd like to answer about heaven from the Scriptures today. Number one, where is heaven? Number two, who will live in heaven? Number three, what will this place called heaven be like? Number one, first of all, notice God's justice demands that the righteous be rewarded just as surely as sin is to be punished in hell. So the sweetest words to a child of God is found in John 14, verse 1 through 3. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 18, Till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. So if God promised us something called heaven, a place called heaven, and he's going there to prepare it for us, 
then it's got to take place. So we know heaven is a real place. Amen? Number two, who are the people in heaven? Revelation 21, 27. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. So only those saved, blood washed in the Lamb's blood, can enter heaven then. And they're written down in the Lamb's book of life, and you cannot erase those. Now the people of heaven are blood washed people then. Revelation 7 verse 14. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of the great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Self-righteousness won't get you in. The old song goes, What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So we see, first of all, the people of heaven are a holy people. The people of heaven are blood-washed people. Now, Jesus is my holiness. Jesus is my perpetuation. Jesus is my righteousness. Jesus is my justification. Jesus is my all and all then that determines whether or not that I go to heaven. Now, secondly, what will this place of heaven be like? Now, we know who's going to be there. All saved, blood-washed people. Nobody's not been washed by the blood of the Lamb to go in there. Secondly, what would this place of heaven be like? First, heaven is a place. John 14, verse 1 through 3. I go to prepare a place for you. Prepare a place. Notice. Now, I say this a lot to people. I, uh, people have got the idea that when we die, we'll be floating around on a cloud somewhere. And... Um, I was listening to a song yesterday, I think it was Johnny Cash singing it, uh, the ride, Ghost Riders in the Sky. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard that crazy thing or not, but I was. Uh, the music was good, the guitar playing was good, I enjoyed that, but I got to listen to that, I said, how would you like to be uh, running wild horses across the sky forever and ever and ever, endless, riding on a horse? No, ain't no such place like that. The Bible calls it a place. We're not going to be a ghost floating around on a cloud somewhere for all eternity. Just like this building is a place, God said He's going to go prepare a place for us. In Luke 16, Abraham's bosom was a place. To Lazarus, Abraham's bosom was a place of rest, of bliss, comfort, and union with Old Testament saints and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the death of Jesus and His resurrection paradise below was moved to paradise above. Ephesians 4 verse 8 through 10. Wherefore he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. Now, I don't understand all of that. I've read and studied the best I can. I can't fathom in the middle of the earth a place that's uh, just perfect peace that God made. 
But I know there was one. And God put it there. Now that's paradise below. And the Old Testament saints, when they died, they looked forward to the Lord Jesus Christ, same as we look back to the Lord Jesus Christ in types and figures and everything else. So the Old Testament saints were saved exactly the same way that me and you are, by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and His shed blood. But when they died, they went to that place that God prepared for them in the center of the earth. And then when Jesus, the first, the Bible says, of the resurrection, when He died and rose again, He said, many, He didn't give a number, He said, many rose with Him. Well, many is a bunch. Amen. <laughs> you just think about that. All the Old Testament saints that was there in the center of the earth was moved from paradise below to paradise above. Jesus took them with Him. Now, because of this, following the resurrection of Jesus, all the saints of God who now die are absent from the body and present with the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 8. And our long home where we live forever is heaven, the city of God. Now, every mansion in the sky will be occupied by the person for whom it is prepared. Remember something now. The only prepared person is those who have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. So if you've been saved by the grace of God through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, you've got a place waiting for you. Now, there will be no empty mansions in heaven then. They'll all be occupied. Now, the, this holy city, heaven, will be a large place. I was reading this, and I, I, I got to think, man, what in the world? Uh, how can you describe heaven when it's a cube? It's it's the same, and I, I, I got out the dimensions. I read behind some scholars of the Bible and and, and uh, measurements, and the length, the breadth, the height, and so on was the same, 1,500 miles. Think about that. Every direction. Heaven was a cube. And then it's got the place in for everybody. Now, somebody said, well, I ain't going to contain everybody. You can't even fathom how big a place that is. Now, God made this city. And it will be a city of God's home. Of God's throne. The home of the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at Revelation 21 now. And I'll read you just a couple of verses. Revelation 21, verse 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. In other words, we won't need a tabernacle like a building there anymore. God is our tabernacle. We will meet in Him. Now watch this please in Revelation 22 and verse 1. And He shall be, the, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Now heaven is a place of fellowship. Think about that. I think, well I know it is to me, one of the greatest privileges that a human being has is to be saved by God's grace and have fellowship with other Christians that's been washed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
to sit around. Did you know you talk, you start talking to somebody that's not saved about going to heaven and what it's going to be like and being saved by the grace of God. What a glorious thing it is now, but what a glorious thing it's going to be after life. They'll look at you like you're crazy. They don't even understand it. They can't, you can't even carry on a decent conversation with them about that. You have no fellowship with them. You try, but then you meet somebody that's genuinely born by the grace of God and they appreciate their salvation. They appreciate saved people and you fellowship with them and there's a, there's a, a communion between that kind of person. What a day that's going to be. Everybody you'll see in heaven, we're going to fellowship with. Amen? And the second thing is, heaven is a place of no more sickness, no more death. Revelation 21, verse 4. I'm so sick of sickness and death. I really am. I mean, I deal with it every day with people. I get calls all over over the country. People call me and want me to go to the hospitals and want me to pray with them. And I'm privileged to do that. That's a great privilege. Somebody asks you to pray for them. Or even go see them and try to deal with them. And I went to the hospital last week and, and with a young man uh, from North Carolina. And, and what a mess he's in. But I just think about it. Uh, one of these days there ain't going to be no more of that. You know, there won't have no... Ain't no be a hospital in there. Amen? No use for them. Now think about this. Heaven is a city of no more sickness, no more death, no more sorrow. But also, heaven is a city of divine light. When I think about this, I think about Solomon building the temple. And when he went to dedicate the temple, the Bible says that the Shekinah glory of God filled the temple. It's so bright that you couldn't even stay in it. The, the priest couldn't even get it. Nobody. The Shekinah glory of God, that light... Can you imagine that kind of light? I can't. I've tried. I, I look at the sunsets. I enjoy just sitting and watching great, beautiful sunsets. And that sun doing things on the clouds. And sometimes they look so beautiful. And I thought to myself, one of these days, no more darkness. Now, I don't like darkness. I don't even like to go to sleep. I don't. I like to stay up as long as I can. I get so sleepy I have to fall over and then I go to bed. But I just don't like to go to sleep. I don't like darkness. But can you imagine one day, never, no more darkness? You know what that is? Darkness is a mark of sin. No more sin. Now, the last question, please, is where is heaven? Now, I want you to think about this. Turn over to... Second uh, Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to read verse 1. It is not expedient for me doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, where in the body I cannot tell, or without the body I cannot tell, God know it. Such a one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God know it. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for man to utter. 
of such a one will I glory. Yet of myself I will not glory, but in my infirmities. Now, when you read this, God is talking about first heaven, second heaven, third heaven. In other words, he's talking about the heaven that we look up, we see the clouds. That's one heaven, where the rain and so on come from. Then you go beyond that, you got the stars and the planets and the moons and so on. That's the second heaven. And then God said he's got another heaven beyond that. I can't even fathom that. I said, well, my, I got a, a powerful telescope over my lake. I set out some nights. I used to when I could lay out there. I'd lay flat on my back where I could see that thing good on my old uh, sidewalk out there and look up into heaven. What a sight. Can you imagine? You look up some night in the stars. When I was in Montana, way back up in the mountains of Montana, I never will forget one night it was snowing and walking out of that little cabin we was in and looking up in the sky and every once in a while it would clear and you could see the white snow and the snow up there on top of the mountains out there but, but then all of a sudden they clear out and such stars I didn't even know there's that many stars in Florida you can't see the stars because like you can there because there's so much light here the cities and so on and it dims the atmosphere here you can't see that but out there in Montana where it's so clear what a glorious sight and I thought to myself one of these days we're going to leave this atmosphere and not like the uh, I never will forget Brother Nam, my former pastor preaching years ago when he was talking about going to the moon they'll never go to the moon and he proved it by the word of God that God has established your bounds and habitations of where we live in and it's the earth and about the next week they went to the moon <laughs> and so he had to find a new sermon on that but uh, I never will forget that but man can only go so far. And then God said, the rest of it's mine. I can't, I can't fathom in my little finite mind what it's really going to be like. But I do know one thing. It's beyond our imagination. It's beyond what we can see. It's beyond where we can go. It's God's place. It's where God's people live. Now, I want you to look at something with me, please. Remember the, that verse of Scripture now. Let's tie them to Revelation 21 and verse 9. Revelation chapter 21 and verse 9. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Now I've studied that upside down in the Old Testament verses that I tied with it. Do you remember Jacob's ladder? Uh, Jacob uh, saw in a vision of men ascending and descending to the paradise of God. And if you'll notice here, it never says that Holy Jerusalem landed. Watch this. Now, as best I can figure out, I do know that the Jews, the earth belongs to the Jews as a nation. 
the Jews are going to have a temple of God uh, where David is going to sit on in New Jerusalem on this earth one day. And I believe that this new heaven is for God's bride. And one day we're going to sin and go there. But we're going to go back and forth to the capital city of the whole world that God's called. He's going to renovate this earth one of these days by fire. He's not going to annihilate this earth. He's just going to renovate. He's going to burn every dross of sin that can be thought of off of this earth and make a brand new earth. And I believe it's going to be as near like uh, the Garden of Eden as you can think of. But I don't know all of that. But I do know one thing. It's going to be renovated by a fire according to uh, Peter. And uh, the, the, the first and the second uh, heaven is going to flee away. And then New Jerusalem is going to descend that 1,500-mile square city. And there it will sit. And we're going to descend and go back and forth to the throne of God. Now, so we know heaven is up because the Bible says so. John saw heaven coming down. You can't come down if you're not up. So I know it's up. The third heaven is beyond the clouds, the stars, and the planets. In the outer, outer space where no man can reach but through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Now, the question I have always asked is, what are we going to be doing in heaven for all eternity? <coughs> when I first got saved, I read that where we'll be worshiping God. We'll be serving God. And I thought, Lord, my old knees can't stand that. <laughs> you know, down on my knees praying all day long and, and crying to God and carrying on like we see worship today what I think of worship today when I when I kind of used to get under conviction of preacher preacher I come down to the altar and pray and cry and beg God to forgive my sin and I thought about worship is that kind of act of on my knees praying to God by holy hands to God and worshiping God and so on I said now Lord that don't sound too exciting to me for all eternity and I said there's got to be more to it than that now that's great. Don't misunderstand me. One of the greatest things you can do is worship God in spirit and in truth. But Revelation 22 verse 3, And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. Now, I, I, I wonder what kind of service is that? Now, the greatest joy on this earth is to serve the Lord as a Christian. Now, what that service will be in heaven, I'm not sure. But I do believe in Revelation 22 and verse 2. Listen to this. Verse 2. In the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded a fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of of the nations. Now, the earth will be inherited by nations at this time. Now, we we could serve the redeemed nations outside the holy city. That's service. We could dispense the leaves of the tree of life, which will be for the constant healing of the redeemed upon the earth. That's service. Uh, this service could be connected to the twelve manner of fruits from the tree of life. 
But I do know one thing. We'll eat in heaven. Jesus ate after His resurrected body. So maybe God shall permit us to serve one another in the distribution of this fruit from the tree of life. Carry it to the earth. I know this. Heaven will be a place of service. I love to serve the Lord. I laugh at people. Preacher, you sometimes you have to get up in the middle of the night and go to the hospital and pray with people. You have to do marriages and you have to do funerals. And uh, I feel so sorry for you, preacher, all the time. You're on call all the time. Don't feel sorry for me. I enjoy that. That's the greatest privilege right here on this earth. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I love to serve people. And that's and I don't do that. Uh, a person said, uh, years ago, I, uh, when I was assistant pa- associate pastor for Brother Nam, you just a little go boy for Brother Nam, the pastor. I said, yep. You can call me that if you want to. But I don't serve Brother Nam. I serve the Lord. I ain't doing it for Brother Nam. Amen? I want to ask you something. Do you come to church for me? If you do, you come for the wrong reason. If you pray for me, you're doing it for the wrong reason. If you read your Bible for me, you're doing it for the wrong reason. If you sing for me, you're doing it for the wrong reason. You go on and on. I ain't doing it for that. I want to do service for the Lord. And everything that I do that I call service is for the Lord. And let me tell you something. It's great pleasure in that. Amen? Hey, they really are. I love to, I love to say, I love to go and visit somebody and lead them to the Lord or go to the hospital and say, thank you, preacher, for coming. Thank you for getting saved. And thank you, Lord, for, uh, thank you, preacher, for praying for me. And I always remind him, I didn't do nothing. I just came here and introduced you to the Lord. Amen. I want all the glory to go to God and all the glory to go to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I believe one day that we're going to have the greatest rejoicing that you can imagine of going and serving people for Jesus' sake. Doing whatever the Lord wants us to do. That ain't going to be a burden. Amen? And I do believe this. I'm going to get to fish in heaven because there's a river running out of the throne of God. And anyway, there's a river, there's fish. (laughs) I don't know, but I just... I like for my imagination to run wild every once in a while. Because one of the things I look forward to is walking through a door, if there is any doors in heaven. Jesus walked through a door. Jesus walked on water. I mean, think about all the things that Jesus did in the Spirit. We're going to be able to do it. Amen. What a time. Can you imagine flying all over the universe? Nothing holding you back. Amen. Father, bless us in Jesus' name. We're so glad we're prepared people for a prepared place. Everything I think about that prepared statement, I think of the fish swallowed Jonah one day. The only reason he did because he was prepared to do so. And what I think about us human beings, how in the world could we go into a heaven that's holy as you are? Only because we are prepared people to go there through the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus.